Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The Mind Aware, 317. Well, it starts with you feeling good. So excited to have 15 to 30 minutes of just pure fun right now. This is going to be good. Yay! I love that. <laughs> oh, that sounds nice. I'd like that. I'll mm. get that for myself right now. Be perfect every minute of every day. Never have another drop of sugar. Because I think if you say that to people, everybody's going to freak out. Hi, Dana. It's great to see you. I mean, not see you, but be with you today. <laughs> What I found to be the secret. <laughs> Who doesn't want to be great? I love it. You know, when you're clear, what you choose to show up in your life will and only to the extent that you're clear. That's the amazing capacity of the human mind. Hello, everyone. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and welcome. Well, you can't imagine how excited I am today, because you see who's here, right? I am here with Michael Gelb, and I'll bet you know him, because I'll bet you read that book, How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. I know I did, and it had a huge influence on my life. And his latest book, The Art of Connection, is something that really is dear to so many of us here. I mean, if you're trying to influence or lead or connect with people, and really what better way to influence or lead than to connect with people, and especially in this age, so many of us are out there, we're trying to build our tribes, we're trying to build our followings, we're trying to develop momentum in our businesses. Well, wouldn't it be nice if you had a shortcut? And wouldn't it be nice if you could do it in an authentic, true-to-you way, in an easy way, rather than this false myth that we've been taught our whole life? Well, we're going to dig into all of that right now with the new millennium's renaissance man. Here we are with Michael Gelb. <laughs> hi, Michael. Hey, hi. Great to be with you. Yeah, it's so good to be here. You know, I think I want to start out with talking a little bit about the myths of leadership because there's so many ideas about what it takes to be a leader and so many of them are kind of stuck in falsity. Don't you know what I mean? Give me some sure, give yeah. me some feedback on that. Well, we think it's a, we think it's to do with position or title. And and we can understand why people tend to think that because all of us grew up with the notion of a hierarchical organization of lots of different levels and a very linear structure. And even though that world has changed dramatically, I've been working with companies for 38 years, and I I help them shift from the levels of management. Communication is one direction, top down. Uh, when, you know, the boss says jump, how high? To this, so what, they, they're smart, and they figured out long time ago the world's changing so fast that they had to become more collaborative. Uh, I was there 
at the beginning of the whole notion of diversity, when it was this brand new idea that people were utterly clueless about. And it was all driven because it was necessary. It wasn't some touchy-feely, human potential, nice thing that we want to be more loving and kind. No, it was just to compete effectively, we have to be more responsive, we have to be more agile, we have to be more collaborative, we have to leverage the intelligence of every single person. And if we want to innovate, we need people from different backgrounds. We need people with different perspectives. So most people are smart enough to see that that's clearly necessary, but most of us also grew up with top-down hierarchical communication skills. You know, you should do this. Uh, uh, why? Because I say so. <laughs> you know, Where did we learn that from? That doesn't really, but that doesn't really work very well in the world today. Uh, so understanding intellectually that we have to be collaborative, that we need to bring out the best in everybody, that we need to, what, what does it really mean? What it really means to appreciate uh, diversity isn't just gee, I should reach out to people from different ethnic backgrounds than I have or the other gender or wherever they are on the gender spectrum today or uh, what uh, any way you conceive of it. What it really means is every single person that you meet is a universe unto themselves. So you need to be right. fully present and tune into the unbelievable gift that that human being is and when you do that for people they love you and they yeah. will then work with you and then you're a leader now here's here's the thing that makes this so wonderful it's challenging but it's also simplifying i'll tell you everybody's unique everybody's different everybody is one of all creation and everybody's exactly the same they i'm telling you people are flat out the same Really easy. We all have the same fundamental needs. There's nobody who doesn't want oxygen. You know, everybody gets hungry. Everybody gets tired. Everybody wants affection. Everybody wants to express themselves. Everybody wants respect. Now, they might have different ways of perceiving it and receiving it. It's your job to tune into what is their particular unique special way, but you bet that they want respect. You bet that they want uh, to feel that you appreciate them for their uniqueness. So it's a paradox that that contemporary leaders really have integrated into their lives. And, and it's not this is not something you do at work, but don't do in your personal life. This is how you are with other humans. Yeah. Well, and what I like, too, I mean, I said so much good stuff and I, I want to try to kind of restate some of it because there are so many good nuggets in there. It sounds to me like what you're saying is that in the past, leadership was kind of top down, which meant that leaders were supposed to be the ones who knew it all and who bossed and gave the orders. And now leadership, it's more about connecting and recognizing the people that you're working with and that you're influencing not because you have all the answers, but because you can really see the people that are around you for who they are and help them feel needed and wanted and special in their own way. 
And I love this idea that you're talking about, about everybody being the same and having the same kind of unique <laughs> drives or the same <laughs> drives, but that they express them in their own unique way. And that kind of makes it part of the puzzle and part of the fun. And one of the things you address very well is that in the past, leadership was, okay, you were a manager or you were a boss, but then now we, we've had to learn how to be coaches and how to connect and things like that. And I think sometimes people can feel thrown into the mucky muck a little bit about wondering, like, how much is too much connection? How should I express myself? And one of the things that's been brought up a lot in today's world with terms to authenticity is people talk about vulnerability. It's a really almost like, I don't want to say exposing yourself, but the word vulnerable in particular is a, a kind of a buzzword. And I would love if you would speak to it a little bit, because I, I know your views on it, and I've been waiting for somebody of your stature to say this. I'm like, I want to get him on my show so he can say this. Thank you. Well, I'm happy to do it. it well, I'll, give, I'll give you a great example. I work with a construction management company in New York City. So these people are doing highly complex projects. They're pouring concrete. There's carpenters. There's electricians. There's, you know, might be 800 workers on a, on a site. Uh, and there's a guy who's a supervisor of this whole project. And he's in my class. He's been around for years and years. He's very senior in, in the company. And he asked this question. He said, because I'm suggesting to them the importance of asking for ideas and collaboration and asking people what they think. And he says, won't my people think I'm weak if I ask for their ideas? And it was it was one of those teachable moments. It was just so wonderful because 30 years ago, even 20 years ago, the answer probably would have been yes. Now, 30 years ago and 20 years ago, he never would have even asked that question in public. So the fact that he was open enough and accessible enough and that, you know, my job is to create the environment where we can have this kind of dialogue. So rather than answer his question, I just asked some of the younger people, what do you think? And they said, you know, actually, it means a lot to us if you ask our opinion. And then they said it was great. They said, we respect you because you have way more experience than us. And we're probably going to go with what you tell us to do. But we might know something that you know, or see some aspect of it that you don't know. And and if you ask, you know, we're in. So it was it was a great, great moment. So this word vulnerability, people say, yes, the manager, you know, this Augie was the guy that needed to learn to be vulnerable. Well, if I try to get him to be vulnerable, he's never going to come to my class and we're not going to have a kind of dialogue because it's just it's just. I mean, I get it. So I love Brene Brown. I know what she's trying to say. In the big picture of things, it's healthy. Uh, but let's just refine it because the word vulnerable comes from the root vulnerare, which means to wound. Synonyms, I looked up the synonyms, are sitting duck and sucker. So I, you know, I can't advocate to my clients that you should be a wounded sitting duck sucker. Especially in New York. <laughs> so, so in the book, you know, I suggest that we, we, what we're really talking about is being accessible. It's being open. A word I like is unarmored. Nice. So, good words. So, because 
you know, the other ability, and we, I, I go into this in depth in the book, the other, one of the other really important things to cultivate is the ability to be fully present, deeply caring, and not take anything personally. Yeah, actually, can I jump in here? Because I think this is a really powerful thing that you're talking about, and I just want to piggyback on it. Because the idea is this word vulnerability has almost become exchangeable for the words that you use, which I really like, which are accessible, open, unarmored. I also saw another one that you had suggested was uh, receptive. Receptive, you know, yeah. And they're very different words. When you put it that way, now it becomes like I can be out in the world and I can be an influencer without having to let people know about all of my hidden secrets. I need to expose myself and make myself vulnerable in order to be a, a speaker or an author. Right. That's a totally different world than somebody who's open and present. And I know one of your seven relationship building skills that you talk about is humility. And I'm wondering if that kind of plays into here. If the new modern leader today isn't just that person who's kind of out there learning in the mucky muck, but maybe just enough ahead of the people that they're leading that they're still open and have that eagerness for life. But at the same time, they're just like, it's like the third grader teaching the kindergartner, right? They're just that much further along the path. Is that kind of the world we're looking at now? Sure, because nobody has all the answers. The world is far too complex today in any field for anybody to have all the answers. So, and we've learned, you know, research is really clear that you're, if you leverage a team appropriately, you're just going to have better thinking. And the question is, how do you leverage uh, that diversity appropriately? And that, that's a whole skill set, which I've been sharing in, in my other books of, of how to do that, how to generate creative thinking and create a more innovative culture. But what I realized in doing that is if you want your innovation to happen, you need the art of connection. You need to build the relationships. It's going to happen through your ability to interact with other people. And so what what do you need to know in order to do that? Well, how do you do it is the thing I ask, too. Because, right. you know, it's one thing to say, like, be this person. But it's another thing to be like, well, where do I start? Where do like, I if start? somebody's listening to this and they want to be that person, we have a term we use here. We call it stepping into your celebrity. So we're trying to help people to step into their celebrity and be the leaders that they are. So what's the first step to getting good at that? Lovely. Well, you, you know, you said it. it is, that's why embrace humility is the first of the skills. And people have an incomplete notion of the word vulnerability. They have a similarly incomplete notion of the word humility. It's not a coincidence that humility and humanity are from the same root. When I use the term humility, I don't mean that you're self-deprecating. I don't mean that you're not wildly confident in your capabilities and your your talents, uh, the fact that you are the one who ought to be there doing whatever great thing you're doing. Uh, I, I'm a big advocate of what I call the chutzpah principle, where you, you put yourself out there, say yes, and then figure it out. I mean, I've been doing that for 38 years. It's worked out really well. Nice. But, it's, but what's interesting is that's actually predicated on humility. It's not that because I think I am so great that I will get it all done. It's not about that I, the ego. It is about this particular phenomenon has learned how to get out of the way and attune to the creative flow of the universe. 
the universe knows better than I do. So I get quiet. I ask for guidance. I've never done a seminar, never given a key, keynote without attuning myself to whatever term you have. I have my own terms for it. People have different terms for it. Higher wisdom, uh, the universe, the divine. Uh, uh, I don't care what you call it. Just learn to access the aspect of your being that is smarter than your everyday blah, blah, blah ego. Wow. Yeah. That's okay. it. It's, that, it is. It's yeah, connecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the first connection. If you're connected in that way, then that's the place you connect with others. That's the place where real leadership happens. That's the place where people get really inspired. That's where you are in service to a higher purpose other than your own self-aggrandizement. And look, I love success as much as anybody, but what we've now learned is you can be, it's not success. In my view, it's not success unless it's of service to others. Bam. I'm telling you, you get this. I mean, and listen, everybody, are you hearing this? Because this is so powerful. Isn't it interesting that when you're having true success, you are connected to your higher self, your inner being, your source, and you're also connected to others. And as you can imagine, I've just got a million directions I want to go, and I'm enjoying this so much. But I want to take a quick break because I want to check in with our Facebook audience and see if you have any questions or how you're receiving it, make sure and take a second and head over to michaelgelb.com. And I'm going to spell it M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-E-L-B, like boy, dot com. Head over there and check out. There's a newsletter. You can find out about the new book, The Art of Connection, which is just awesome. One of the things I really love about Michael Gelb is he knows how to talk about things in a way that's accessible. You know, some of the things we do here at The Mind Aware, we're a business show and we call ourselves The Mind Aware. You know, we like to explore these concepts that are kind of ethereal and esoteric and intangible and you can't put into words. And it's rare that you can find somebody who can take that and put it into easy, accessible, practical, implementable steps. This is your guy. So definitely head over to michaelgelb.com and get sign up for his list connect with them, buy the books, do all the good stuff you can do. Okay, I'm going to take a very quick break here right now, check in with the Facebook audience. We're going to be right back, and I'm going to talk about what it means to be a glow worm. Aren't you curious? <laughs> be right back. What's going on with you? You seem so up all the time, and your business is on fire. What are you doing? I started Train Your Brain You. It's the only program for entrepreneurs that addresses mindset and business growth strategies. The idea behind the program is that when you feel good, you act great, and it's awesome. You can check it out at trainyourbrainu.com, and that's trainyourbrainu, the letter U, dot com. Is it expensive? Seriously, it's like you're a whole different person. It's only a dollar a day, and you get all the latest tools to help you stay positive and grow your business. You would love it. Where do I go again? Trainyourbrainu.com. That's trainyourbrainu. The letter U, dot com. Check it out today. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is Dana Wild with the Mind Aware Show, and I'm having a great conversation with Michael Gelb. I bet you know him 
as the author of How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. Well, he has a new book out, and let me tell you, it is flippin' awesome. It's called The Art of Connection, and you can get it over at michaelgelb.com. M-I-C-H-A-E-L-G-E-L-B-like-boy.com. Head over there and connect and pick up this book. You know, I'm telling you, this is one of the few authors I know that really knows how to take things that are, are vital in business and in leadership and put them into to speakable, tangible ways of talking about things. You know, you have so many good concepts in the book, but the first one I want to address, Michael, is about being a glowworm. What's a glowworm? Yes, thank you for asking. So this comes from a quote from Winston Churchill. And Winston Churchill said, We are all worms, but I do believe that I am a glowworm. <laughs> oh, God. So, I love him anyway, so that's really right? well, yeah. So, And I love it because you know, this is the second. So first chapter is Embrace Humility, and that's the first quote of the second chapter, Be a Glowworm. So he's expressing humility, we're all worms, but I do believe that I am a glowworm, so I want everyone to be a glowworm. And what does that mean? Well, emotions are contagious. Emotions are contagious for better or for worse. Now, Churchill, it's amazing to think about the way his emotions of courage – of hope, of optimism in the face of overwhelming adversity transformed an entire nation. I mean, people who are being bombed every, every night they were sleeping in the subway because their city was being ravaged. They didn't know then that the good guys were going to win the war. And if you were there at that time, it would have looked like you were going to lose. And everything was on fire. And he went into this little bunker called the war room. There were no computers. They had, I went there. I visited it. They had little pins on the maps where the, Ger where the German troops were and the British troops were. Right? And did these radio broadcasts that gave courage to a whole nation basically saved England and saved Western civilization. Yeah. Truth. That's leadership. Yeah. That's, okay? that's truth. Yeah, absolutely. And that's having, that's having a personal reserve. You know, my mother-in-law was actually a child during the London blitz. Wow. And yeah. And so she's talked about this. I know what a time that must have been. And how do you act like Winston Churchill? And have that inner reserve during a time when you, there must have been some uncertainty, but you would never know from the way he delivered his addresses. Oh. What do you think about that? Well, I think, I think it's, first of all, it's really wonderful to study truly great leaders. I mean, that's, you know, what I do before I go to sleep at night, I actually, I go on and I find live talks by geniuses. And I just, you know, what's so great, you can, you can spend time with Winston Churchill. Uh, you can spend time with, with Gandhi, uh, with Einstein. Whoever, whoever you admire, use the wonders of our contemporary technology to spend time with Amma, the hugging saint, if you're, you know, spiritually oriented, with Ramana Maharshi. I mean, these are the greatest spiritual geniuses that ever lived, and they're, Right there, you're having a, you're having darshan with them, 
or you're 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 studying the living uh, image of of these wonderful beings. So nurture your your mind, your soul, your heart with inspiration, especially because the default setting of our global media now is utter rubbish. So it's worse. You know, it's both the best of times and the worst of times. We have access to the best. But if you don't discipline yourself to go after the best, you are going to get brain hacking, toxic rubbish. So if you want to be a glow worm, you have to curate the influences in your life because you are an influence to everyone you meet for better or worse. And I mean from the smallest little, you make eye contact and you smile at somebody. It doesn't seem like that big a deal, but it, it brightens their day. And it also, we know it brightens your day. It raises everybody's immune system, oxytocin. So this is built with these little, you know, little interactions on a daily basis. This is the way to practice this. And two ways to practice it. One is literally expose yourself to greatness every chance you get and delete out toxic rubbish for obvious reasons. And then practice kindness and connection with people in small everyday interactions. Makes a huge difference. It does. Just what you said. And I think there are two really big points that I want to reiterate. And the one is that you're influencing all the time for better or for worse. And so be present and be connected to that in the moment of which end of the scale you're on in that given moment. And then I don't know about you, but you just blew my mind with this idea of you can hang out with geniuses every day. So often there's this, everybody's saying things like turn off the news, and of course that's good advice, but to take it one step further and say, hang out with geniuses instead, I mean, what a great replacement for that. It's all accessible to us right now. I mean, you've just, you've given us so much. This is so Awesome. I love it. I adore your work. I think you're such a force in the world. I, I want to make sure everybody knows to head over to michaelgelb.com and check out this book and check out any of his past books because I'm telling you, this is really kind of like the lifelong lessons for the modern time, maybe is the way to put it. You know, it's stuff from, that's going to last eons and eons, but it's accessible for us right now. You can use it and implement it in your business. And it'll make you more money, too. Let's face it. That's always nice. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice bonus. Uh, but maybe just in closing, if you can give us a parting shot, could you talk a little bit about energy and how it's really our currency of today. It's so different than maybe in the past. Sure. Well, you remember 20 years ago, 30 years ago, everybody walked around with one of those time management binders and they all went on time management seminars. Right? And you've noticed that they don't exist anymore <laughs> because the way of thinking about all this, the construct has shifted it's not a question of managing time. It's a question of managing energy, both both for yourself and for other people. And I've been blessed uh, for the last 10 years or so. I've co-led a seminar at the University of Virginia on innovation with Professor Jim Clausen, who's cited uh, throughout uh, the Art of Connection. And Jim was probably the first to put forth this idea that energy would be the new currency, personal energy and attention. And, you know, if you think, I mean, 10 years ago, the, the biggest market cap companies were all oil companies, and now they're companies that sell 
attention. They sell advertising. Facebook, uh, Google, these are attention and energy companies. We don't, they're not energy companies like oil. It's human energy. So does your interaction uplift the energy or not? Now, this is just, do you, does your interaction leave everyone with more energy or less? It's a really simple, that's the currency. You know, you're, you're, you're creating a debit if you're taking energy. The secret is to learn to give energy in a way that you get more energy. Uh, so that, so that you're energizing people, energizing yourself, and learning to, to monitor this. You know, uh, Adam Grant, the professor at uh, Wharton, brilliant guy, uh, he's cited in depth in the book. He wrote this book called Give and Take, and, and I go into it because there's people, they're givers, there's takers, and there's matchers. And the matchers are always trying to say what's fair, what's equal. Takers are taking, taking, taking. They don't care. and They're pretty slick and, and nasty about it. Givers are either the most successful or the least successful people. They're least successful when they get taken advantage of by takers and the matchers don't help them out. They're most successful because they give, 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 and the majority of matchers say we have to support this person, and they become the superstar leaders. Uh, Grant talks about what he calls otherishness, where you give the benefit of the doubt to focusing on uplifting the energy of the others you interact with. But especially if you're a strong giver, you ask yourself this qualifying question. Am I giving to another giver? Green light. Am I giving to a matcher? Green light. Am I giving to a taker? Red light, red light, red light. <laughs> alert, alert. Alert, alert, alert. So, so uh, he uses the term otherishness, and I said we need to create a world of mutual otherishness. So, you know, I, I mean, in your personal relationships, you want your partner to feel, oh, my God, you're just so wonderful to me. What can I do for you? And you want to feel, to, no, you're so wonderful. What can I do for you? And that's how I want my life to be. That's how I attempt to be with everyone in my life. And, yeah. and if that's not the case, I'm looking at what can I do to redress that energy exchange so that we each feel that there's such a, a flowing abundance. That's what the best companies are like. That's what the best organizations are like. Customers love them, but so do, so do vendors, right? So do all the stakeholders, and so do the investors because they make more money. And you feel the energy as soon as you walk into any kind of business. And if the energy's not uplifting, it's probably not the best leadership. And if the energy is buoyant, and if people are glad to see you and you get a nice welcome, that's because that person's been connected with by someone in a caring way. I just love this, and I love this idea. And I, I think the piece that people don't talk about is this is also how to build a business. What you're saying is 100% spot on. If you are a giver, and that's such an important qualifier that you gave, but make sure you're giving to matchers and givers now you start gaining momentum. Now you start gaining traction. Now you start escalating. Now your giving ends up elevating your business. And really, when you use that word currency, I like it so much because what is money except some exchange of energy, really? You know, right. whatever you're giving, the money is energy, too, coming back. So <laughs> it's just such good stuff all around. You've been so generous with your time with us. I just want to thank you so much for being here. This has been awesome. 
I just got to say, too, that it just occurred to me that currency and current. So it's current. It's relevant right now. But it's also the current of electricity that flows through in human relationships. Unbelievable. I love that. That's oh, it's so good. That gives me goosebumps, right? Good. Currency, good. the current, good. you're on the stream, you're taking the easy path, you're going with the flow. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, thank you so much. This was awesome. I appreciate it. And thank you, everybody, for being here, because you hear this, right? Like, this is such a direct hit for the kinds of things that we're talking about here. This is about being a leader that is the leader that's you, the authentic you, because it's easy, because who are you except a curious person out here in the mucky muck learning as you go, wanting to connect with people? That's a hit. That makes it easy when you think of building your tribe in the way that Michael is talking about, talking about just being yourself, you know, being humble, being uh, able to have reserve and connectedness, you know, staying connected to your source and your center and your inner being as a way of handling any situation and being present. Because when you're there, that's where your true strength comes from. These are not difficult concepts to implement when you decide that you want to do it because this is the path to success because as you start to make those personal connections, you start to pay attention to how you spend your emotional currency, how you're out there with your personal energetic currency and what's coming back to you now you start to grow and grow and grow until you're at the next stratosphere. And you know what? You can start that today. And we'll see you next time on The Mind Aware. Gratitude, I think, is the greatest thing for moving you up the emotional scale. And happy speaks to opportunity. I can do whatever I want. It's my life. What would wake us up every morning with so much juice? I had such passion and I could see this vision. For the ones who get it done, the most important part is the one you need now. And the best partner is the one who can deliver. That's why millions of maintenance and repair pros trust Granger, Because we have professional-grade supplies for every industry, even hard-to-find products. And we have same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders. But most importantly, we have an unwavering commitment to help keep you up and running. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.